Hey there, it's time for another episode of the Smartest Amazon Podcast. I have with me an distinguished guest. I could uh, talk about all of his attributes forever, but the most important one to me is actually that he's my cousin. Mm. Um, well, that disqualifies everything. <laughs> right? Um, so my cousin, is uh, his name's Chase Levitt. He's been a, a private label seller for about two, three years. And I still remember the first time that he told me that he was going to start selling on Amazon. And part of me was like, was like don't kill yourself. <laughs> you know? I remember actually what you said was, is, even if I told you everything that I know, it's already too late. <laughs> so often so told me everything, and uh, it is still apparently too late. May I well, haven't caught up yet? Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at yourself as a seller in three years' time, you it's say been tw- four years, by the way. It's been four years. Yeah. Well, say say it's twenty twenty three. You're gonna look at twenty twenty as like the golden days, like when things were easy. Oof. I mean, um, I think that it's kind of like the I'll be middle aged at that point, right? Right. Because those golden years or the big years <laughs> of the early years. Yep. You'll always hear about these sellers talking about their early years. Those, yeah. Those are gonna be actually the good old days. I'm afraid it's gonna be hard work going forward. Absolutely, and um, the the truth is is that like knowledge is your biggest asset. Knowing you know how you can pivot and strategize, um, and Chase has done more than his fair share of pivoting, and because you know you, any seller out there is gonna if you're st- if you're listening to this, that probably at one point you like figured out a product and you thought like this is it. I'm gonna ride the coattails on this one until like my dying days. Mm-hmm. But it's a changing environment and it's competitive. And I know Chase has seen that. Um, I have seen it. I've seen products that like were just like just very consistent sellers and they just completely died on Amazon. Um, and so, but before we talk about the ending of a uh, product's life cycle. I want to talk about the beginning mm-hmm. because um, I have seen Chase um, start from the beginning and he's employed a few unique strategies that I've been jealous of and I've wanted to start using. Um, so Chase, you've launched many products mm-hmm. and I think you've launched most of them through the help of us of a, of a sourcing agent. Mm-hmm. So what is a sourcing agent? So a sourcing agent is an intermediate between you, the buyer, and a factory or aka supplier. Right. Um, and they will adopt several roles in the process, but ultimately that's what the sourcing agent is. And um, yours is based in China. Yeah. How did you find them? It was so absurd. It, it was... Um, it was one of those, I, I honestly, uh, it was at a time when uh, a lot of what was going on didn't really have a name. And uh, as far as I was concerned, because when I learned, I was basically just hearing other people talk about their business through podcasts. Right. And so ultimately, when I would do something and then later find out that it actually has a name, like sourcing agent right. uh, or even private label. Yeah, uh, those things uh, suddenly take character in your mind. But before it was, it was there wasn't that. Yeah, so you, I, I literally went to Google, and I, I typed in someone who can help me find 
uh, a factory that could do this in China. And I went through like several pages and I saw this like, you know, like archaic looking website. And I reached out, got, heard nothing, reached out, heard nothing. And then one day I came out of the shower and I noticed that the Skype, the, the character, the person that was on the contact us was green. So I wrote, I was like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Anyway, what forged from that was uh, a long-standing relationship with the same sourcing agent. Um, I do have uh, one or two, but they all actually report back to this original one. Okay. Um, but it, that website's no longer there. It was kind of like um, a small little window and uh, lightning in a bottle. And so they are helping you negotiate with suppliers and factories. Yeah. And um, what's the biggest benefit? Um, being able to say that you trust their instincts and make a decision, uh, usually, uh, in situations where you're working with somebody, um, like that, they want to get it just right. And so they'll ask you lots of monotonous questions and you'll, you'll, sometimes you won't even understand them. But after a while, the best part of have forging a, a friendship or working relationship, seeing them in person, so to speak, and then um, expanding and replicating what you're doing with them is that suddenly you can just say something like, um, we, you tell this factory that we do not want to be late. And so let us know how many we can get by this date. And if they can or you know, or can't, uh, just reconcile the difference. Just right. make sure that we don't go out of inventory and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the best part because I don't know, need to know Chinese. I don't need to have an angry tone uh, with the supplier. I just can make them the manager. So they're negotiating lots of logistics with the supplier of like, you know, when are these quantities going to be finished? Yeah. You know, hold them accountable for inspecting. Yeah. I've actually always liked that is that the factory has someone that speaks Chinese that's holding them accountable. Absolutely. Because... I mean, if you're sending someone an email in English, they've got one person that reads English. Yeah. They don't understand. They can't read between the lines. Yeah. They don't know like what's, it's, it's hard for like things to feel serious. Whereas like if, if I'm a factory in China, like I'm obviously going to be paying way more attention if someone's approaching to me from like a Chinese speaking yeah. uh, individual who's advocating for you. Let me, so let me tell you a story. Just real yeah, quick. yeah. So I, I went over to China, talked to one of my main suppliers, and my inspector came with me. The contact with the, the factory and my inspector, they didn't like each other. It was clear. They were always just like, had a, they had beef with whatever the other one said. And it was so nice for me be, to be able to just like put my hand on their shoulders and be like, hey, look, we have got to make this work together. Like, you know, and... If that if, if someone wasn't willing to take the blame for all the hard decisions like my inspector was, then that all that anger comes back on me. But since I'm you know just simply um, you know a a source of where the money's coming and make it work mentality, I was able to shield off that. That too is like yeah. play with nice to have. No, it's amazing how much stronger your negotiating position is because of this. Uh, because of your agent. Um, now, they, this agent also just like scours manufacturers to work for you. So that yeah. you tell them you want a product, right. they find that product. Yeah, They find someone that can, that can make it. They'll usually give me two or three choices and we'll go over the samples together. Yeah. That, that is so invaluable. And like, 
you actually haven't paid them yet for that. No. You don't pay them until you actually buy um, yeah. inventory. So I have, um, I don't know if abuse is the wrong word, but like um, I met Chase's source, sourcing agent in China and, you know, we were considering uh, launching a few products and I, and I gave her like a list and um, I didn't know, I didn't have like complete like confidence that like I wanted to launch these sets of products. But she already found, she gave me quotes and found people that, that can deliver them for me. And I, I walked away um, thinking that like someone else could pick this up, but I just like wasn't ready that time to launch products. Like, and I'm usually like building websites and stuff like that. And um, so what was great is I had like very low risk. And, and ultimately, even what I would have paid them would have still been like, what they would accomplish for me, I would pay that you know fee every single day. Um, I think it's a it's it's like buy you pay by unit. Is it ten cents a unit? Is a percentage? So what is what do, what do you actually uh, pay a sourcing agent? Does it vary? Yeah, yeah, it it varies by volume. Okay. Uh, so proportionately, it holds its own average. All uh, right. Yeah. So it ends up being you can pretty much account for you know. An inspection fee, maybe ten to twenty-five cents per. So yeah, and then and then uh, stickering if needed. Sometimes the factory will disagree to do it, just as a you know value add. But and then shipping and some reimbursing and the thirty percent deposit and being able to manage you know funds through that person as well. You they um. You said something about inspecting. Yeah. They inspect it. Why would you want uh, someone to inspect? Yeah. It, so it, it's kind of a hard expense to swallow until you have a problem with inventory in an FBA warehouse. Yep. Then then your world comes apart and you're bleeding expenses, getting it out, fixing it, doing the whole, you know, uh, Christmas order mentality where you're just, you're working much harder than you can if you want to scale uh, i'm all uh, this it, it makes complete sense to me say your average product on amazon costs 25 30 dollars um and you're spending uh 20 to 30 cents per unit for help in finding that product and negotiating with a supplier mm-hmm. and um, an inspection. What that means is that that supplier is held accountable in quality because if you send some stuff into Amazon site unseen, anything wrong can happen because the supplier doesn't always care about a long-term relationship as much as like getting that um, that PO out, you know, in a week because they want to move on to the next stuff. They want to like, they just want to work. They don't um, always are invested in, you know, 99.9% quality products going out of their warehouse. Sometimes they're happy with 90%. And that 10% is not only going to like, it can, it can risk your um, uh, product page getting taken down. Uh, It's going to tank your reviews. Everyone's seen pictures of like, just like, just straight up faulty products. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to, um, you know, have it not work Mm -hmm. in some random reason because of like, it gets destroyed on shipping. It's another that like the manufacturer had a defect. And so um, this agent, which Chase uses, um, they bring stuff into their warehousing and it's inspected one by one. Mm -hmm. And 
some um, cases they'll go out to the factory. Okay, yeah, they'll they'll do it on site. Um, you have to pay for their travel. Yeah. Um, then you also um, they will handle the freight forwarding. Is that right? Yeah, they, not, not really. I mean, that's that's just we, I work through a traditional freight forwarding service, but uh, the freight forwarding service has an agent, account agent in stateside here, and then you know they'll have some on the uh, China side because that's where they're loading. Okay, up. and they handle it on their side, and I handle it on mine. Uh, okay, no, so yep, it's the thing is, is if you're a business owner. Um, you just want to spend time on what you know you're going to do better. And, you know, communicating with someone in Chinese is not going to be your strong suit. Negotiating with someone and like, you know, getting into details of this or that and, and negotiating MOQs and prices. Uh, I think you, if you can build a relationship of trust with, yeah. with someone in, that's advocating for you, um, uh, it's, it's a win-win. If I were to launch a product in a month, there's no way in hell that I would do it without a sourcing agent. Yeah. And I learned this through with, with Chase because we went to, we were actually in China together and I just like saw firsthand uh, the negotiating, the talking and like how much care they put into, you know, uh, any, every, every step of this process that we've described here today. Like it's, it's, a, it's a real business relationship and I actually really respected the hustle of these Chinese uh, sourcing agents, yeah. like they were, they were young, and like they were, they were hustle. They were like they were entrepreneurs. I'll tell, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I always, always in my email correspondence, just consistently promise that I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do what I can. I won't let you down. And they do a very similar chant on their side, and uh, it, it's, it's kind of given us trust in each other to just like not give up and just keep pushing, keep pushing. And it's, 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 they are remarkable. Like I honestly, the, the sourcing agent, I feel like you could just see it. She was a, and he was a A plus student in school. Yeah. You know, every C student <laughs> can pinpoint those pretty fast. And, and, and they, we complement each other's, uh, uh that's you know, awesome. So going about it. That way. Um, is, is do you know if your agent is looking for more work? Um, yeah, at one point I was shoveling everything uh, as as a referral, and um, I've slowly backed away just be, for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, but but if if you were to start, if you're going to find yeah, one again, I, I, ex I explored that, and honestly, um, I toiled with it for about four or six months, and then I realized. I'm just going to put my head down and stick with what I know is working. Well, okay. Well, for people out there, if you were going to look for another one, yeah, what's yeah, what? go, go, go find your own perfect sourcing agent. <laughs> you just, you just Google it. Um, I would just say trial and error because I mean, I've, I've worked with a few, like I said, and, uh, it doesn't always end up being meant to be. Um, sometimes you can tell right at first, sometimes it takes a, a trial to figure it out. But if the goal is to find, uh, a sourcing agent where there is uh, mutual trust, respect, all that, and you guys are working hard. Uh, everything leading up to that is 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 uh, you know a situation in its own that I couldn't really speak to. But just know that you there's a good chance you'll have to can a few uh, along the way. All right. Well, um, so some of your products that you have um, have 
been in competitive areas. Um, are there any uh, launch strategies or secrets or ways that you keep your corner on the market? Um, sure. I like. I think I have appetite to dabble in you know various levels of risk. Obviously, um, I just try to outwork. That's kind of how I believe in myself to kind of like make it happen. But when it really comes down to it, what you need is a trademark. You need uh, some IP. You need an exclusive agreement with the factory. You need a custom demise. You need a, bu- um, a custom design. Sorry, a <laughs> bundle. Some you have to have. You okay. have to hold. You have to have something that holds your place more than just going by the wind. Yeah. So you're talking. Some of these are defensive strategies because sure. um, yeah. you have uh, you do have an established product. And um, what's stopping the next person from finding your attractive product? Be like, I can, I can, I can copycat this. Yeah. And there are copycats. Yeah. Um, but um, you said a few things. One that I wanted to jump into was like bundling. Yeah. Um, bundling is a is a buzzword because it accomplishes a lot of different things. A lot of people think of bundling as like you know changing your item package quantity, you know, you got a package of one, a pack of two, a pack of four, but you could also bundle with assortment where like you package your product with something else that complements it. Yeah. And that might be introduced later mm-hmm. than oh, when you first launched. Oh, it. so you launched the product and then you, you're like, well, I could, I could add something with this. Possibly. Uh, I know Amazon doesn't like that. All right. So, I mean, I don't, all I know uh, honestly is you in this world you you just have to have um you have to leverage your your advantages if you are an only seller like an only person in your business if it's just you the fact that your overhead's going to be light you have to bake that into your advantage you know um meaning how you price it all uh, right there there are just you just have to tune into what is it that you can do well uh, you know, is it, is it photography? Is it, you know, is it whatever it is, you just have to really know what you're good at and accelerate as fast as you can there. Yeah. And it never, and you, and you never go to sleep on it. Oh yeah. Um, there's, uh, every business has strengths and weaknesses and you know, my business overhead is our weakness yeah. because like we have, you know, once you have a hundred plus employees, Shoot, like things change. <laughs> but I, I've been following what you guys do. Honestly, I think you're making the right adjustments along the way, but that is absolutely right. Could, we couldn't be different. Yeah. We're different. Yeah, you're still, you're, uh, in a lot of ways, you're a one-man show. Yeah. Um, and um, I actually do want to do a podcast on variations by themselves, like bundles and variations, maybe those words are used interchanged, because there is like a, a new warfare that Amazon is is taking a stance on abuse mm-hmm. of variations. Mm-hmm. But you described um, to me earlier one type of bundle variation that I, I think is is pretty kosher um, that you would accompany it with like, say, a, any form of intellectual property, whether that's like an ebook mm-hmm. or even a physical book mm-hmm. um, or uh, a guide you know, say like it's uh, uh, your it's a, a kitchen product. Well, 
put together, you know, four or five recipes that like are exactly what your kitchen product is served for. Like if it's like something that like, you know, you chop tomatoes for or whatever, I, I, I can't like think super clearly on the fly, but the idea of bundling um, your product with something that is just, it's just going to be unique. Yeah. And if you can also add it to a product photo, uh, that that brings in a higher likelihood of you know conversion in itself. Uh huh. It's it, but certainly that qualifies. Yeah, um, there is a lot to be said about bundling, and your unique uh, product may just be uh, a bundle of many products. I've I've got a friend who um, his is a survival kit. He like launched a uh, you know like a thirteen piece survival kit. All it is is a bundle of thirteen products. Yeah, it was not easy for him to source those thirteen products, but um, he did it himself. Yeah, yeah, he, that's that's and, impressive. And um, I love that. It's a, it's a bare knuckle market. I tell you, it's that those those are the stories that win today. Mm-hmm. Um, and. But then you said a few other things that are like on defensive strategies, such as, you know, trademark mm-hmm. and uh, copyright your, you know, your text is copyrighted and um, things that people can do um, to defend against, you know, copycats, quote unquote. Um, so let's see. Do you have anything to more add, to add on those? Um. No, I just, I mean, I think uh, it's one, fortunately, it's one of those business concepts that uh, it's easy to follow and should be. And the more simple, the more, you know, the more beautiful they are. I just wouldn't change it. Right. Okay. Um, so the last thing I wanted to hit with you is, I mean, some of these are like are worth diving in and they could be their own episodes, but... Um, that you uh, you've bought Amazon businesses, yeah. And if someone were to b- put their business in a sellable position, what do you recommend? Um, well, I think you'll need to get your accounting in order and have a demonstration for you know the past years or months or however long it's been. That's probably number one. Uh, now, then you're basically establishing some confidence to the potential sellers that the income stream will be there 18 months or 30 months out. Uh, and that covers a lot of what we just talked. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I obviously, I, I think if, if you cultivated a, a nice re- review, product review rating, that's helpful based on also where the competition is and, and just kind of what type of runway do you have as far as people catching up. Yeah, because uh, you're actually probably a smart buyer because you you since you've sold on Amazon, you know what it takes to sell. Mm-hmm. And so when you're analyzing an income stream, you're not just looking at like sales and numbers. No. You're looking at like what's the likelihood of someone else coming in like and capitalizing. Absolutely. Because as soon as you buy it, you in Assume order to all advertise the risk. it yeah, appropriately, you have to be making a you know, consistently with what it was uh, previously. And uh, if it goes down, that's money sunk. You know, that's yeah. money lost. Hopefully, hopefully you, along the way, you start picking up on things that you know you can do better than it currently. Yeah. I mean, that's when it gets exciting. 
Ah, when you when you're buying something, you're like, I know yeah. I can like we could I could take this product, yeah. add this to it, right. change these pictures right here, and boom, it's it's gonna sing even precisely. more precisely, precisely. So it's it's that, it's those two. I I like that a lot, um, and um, I I I'm like I'm jealous of 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 that bold <laughs> kind of action, and. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you look just like with product products that you can potentially do one out of, you know, 20 end up working out once you line it up on all of the uh, thresholds that you kind of you need in order to want to invest money into it. The same is with the businesses. Uh -huh. And so you you basically um, that 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 you'll look at, a, you know, I'll look at businesses every single day. Okay. On multiple websites. And, you know, I've only purchased a few. Yep. And so a lot of them, quite frankly, are just, they don't meet that threshold. And so uh, you don't. So but anyway, the, but the, what you're looking at, you're, but, trying, to, you're trying to size yeah, it up. Yeah, but to, to tie in with what we were talking about earlier, um, if you have intellectual property yeah. that is also for sale with yeah. this business, all of a sudden the value goes up. Yeah. If you're in the very beginning of a business... And you want to make sure that you can include a trademark or some design patent in there. Like you'll, that would probably mean you need to prove its success for a little bit, and then you're going to file it. Yeah. You know, and and so it's kind of a longer game, but yeah, you, that's you have to have that endurance in this business. Yeah. If, you know, you don't get rich quick. Period. I mean, there. Are, I'm going to go as far as saying period. Until someone notifies me of a story that convinces me otherwise, yeah. but but ultimately you just have to slug it out um, for a long time and, yeah. and make a repetition of I've it. I've seen two people this last week have contacted me, and they're kind of at wit's end. Um, they're kind of getting beat up, and it kind of reinforces this idea that um, it is a business. Like, don't like kid yourself. This is a, a get rich quick scheme. You know, those people doing a. Uh, summer sales are attracted to something uh, quite like this. Um, I'm referring to like just doing an Amazon business. But the truth is there is huge upside. You can. Uh, you can build upon itself. Yeah. Easily. You can make six and seven figures on Amazon. Yes. But it, like if you aren't working at it, that will dry up. Yeah. And... I think my number one, you know, it actually changed my life when I started selling on Amazon. My number one was just being my own boss and dictating my own hours and like choosing the types of things I wanted to focus on. That was so much fun that like it just like completely changed my perspective that like, you know, a part of me never wanted to work for someone else again. And um, not that I can't be, uh, you know, I can't deliver for someone else like I do all the time. I, I have a schedule that I live to, but just that, that, that empowering of like, of your business decisions are made through your own willpower. Yeah. And I mean, you quit your nine to five. Well, yeah, well, I was working equivalent to two jobs for the first year. <laughs> oh, because you launched your first product yeah. while you were working. Yeah, I would, I would just work nine to five and then I would listen to podcasts on the way home and I would get to work as soon as 
the kids went to sleep, and I would go sometimes till you know the early burning the midnight oil. You know, um, and my cousin Chase is an inspiration of this podcast because I knew how much he learned from podcasts about and what inspired him to build his business and like and to figure out you know what hoops to jump to sell on Amazon that I knew that I could add uh, value to that same ecosystem with my perspective. And, and help people like him. That's an, so, awfully, that's an awfully lot of credit. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm not giving you credit. I'm saying you're inspired. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. Thank you, thank you. I'm that's right. Um, well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and yeah. talking about this. Um, I'm going back and hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I wanted to mention real quick that I'm very happy about the uh, two-star review uh, campaign that's been undergoing. Um, if you were just look at my ratings on iTunes, you know what? When I started this, I had no two star reviews. I had zero of them. I thought they were lonely and I wanted more. And now it's the leading category outside of five star reviews. So thank you everyone for listening. That's what me that means so much. And I know Chase gave me a two-star review, and unfortunately, he left the crew and, and threw in a five-star review. I guess you can do that, but you know, for, I just want the the attention that a two-star review gives me because you know it tells me that you guys listen. And I'm, sold out. <laughs> I've seen a few good ones. I'll I'll uh, I'll read a few um, as. <laughs> You know, I think on the weeks to come, I'll, I'll read some of my favorite reviews. Specifically, I'll leave this one as a teaser, the review that my mom left on my podcast. And uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope, you know, there's uh, some things that you can follow up on. And if you have more questions for Chase, you could contact me and I'll forward them, I'll forward them to him And if I can't answer it myself. But um, a, a very... Uh, interesting part of the Amazon ecosystem is what we just talked about. And that is, you know, leveraging uh, America's factory over there in China. So um, that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we hit just 30 minutes. And I will hear you guys next week. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.